Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. Some weeks we break down one larger mystery between the two of us. Other weeks we pick two smaller mysteries on a theme and teach each other about them based on our own independent research. If you want to support Unknowable, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and a rating. Follow us on Instagram at Unknowable Podcast. And check out our Patreon, where we have a special limited edition block print of the Mothman that is available to all of our patrons. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Please. Do all those things. So, this week... A super timely mystery. Right. Weirdly enough, we we literally did not even plan this. Didn't plan this at all. It's both the anniversary-ish... Ish. Ish. And some new developments currently going on with this mystery, which we'll get to later. Yes. But and this mystery is Diet Love Pass. Yes. This is a great one. One of our favorite mysteries. This is one where like I didn't have to I I did research to like sort of like remember it, but I but as I was reading it, I was like, oh yeah, that, I like I know this. Yeah. Mystery. Remembered all the weird details. This is one of my favorites. Yeah. It's I really thought that like reading about it this in depth because I've read like little things here and there and I've really loved it. Right. But I thought maybe reading about it more in depth, I'd be like, oh, like, yeah, there is like a plausible explanation. Like, damn. But every time I'd read one, I'd like immediately notice holes in it. And I was like, no, like none of these things work. Yeah. None of them is like totally sewed up. Like, oh, that's probably it. Like if you go with Occam's razor, like what's the most likely? Yeah. I don't even fucking know. No. There's no, there's no. There's nothing easy solution to this problem which is amazing which is why it's awesome because there's no and like the the official story about how it happened is like so like what like that's yeah. weird that's none weird, of it yeah even yeah so all right but yeah before we get ahead of ourselves if you guys don't know yeah which you should but you might not i feel like this this could i don't know if this is a popular one or not yeah i feel like it might have a resurgence now right which again we'll get into but um so essentially the the bare bones story yeah is nine hikers in the Ural Mountains. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to warn all of you now that there's like a million Russian words in the story. And yes. I am probably going to botch every single one. So the Ural Mountains is the mountain range that separates Europe and Asia. Yes. Um, in which at the time, this was February 1st and 2nd, 1959. Yep. Um, so at the time, this was the Soviet Union. They all died under very mysterious circumstances on this hike. Yep. So they were in, they were tenting for the night. Yeah. Something happened, and all nine of them ended up dead. Dead. Of various causes. Yes. And... Has yet to be explained. Yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) Definitely has yet to be explained. So, this whole group of ski hikers... So, I didn't actually know this part until researching that this was named... The Dyatlov Pass incident was named for the leader of the group... Igor. Igor Dyatlov. Yeah. Um, So, this group were all from the Ural Polytechnic Institute... Yeah. Um, and yeah, he was the leader and they were kind of all these like experienced ski hikers. They kept referring super to them as ski experienced. hikers. Yeah. Super experienced. Like, um, they, they were doing this hike in order to get certified as uh, grade three. Yes. Uh, hikers or whatever. Yeah. So, like, certification. Yeah. So like they would be certified as like extra. That was the highest certification level that you could get in the Soviet yeah. Union at the time. So they were not just like average hikers. They were like insanely like skilled and experienced and were like ready to do this and whereas this seemed sort of like easy for them almost yeah like as much as a however long hike could be yeah it was like they're like oh it was gonna be a long ass hike but yeah and this route in february which this was when this took place was estimated as a category three which was the most difficult right but yeah they were just doing this like oh just like fun hike for us yeah there's like a big deal there's like photographs from the expedition and they're just like messing around laughing and having fun having a great time not like dying like I would be. Well, yeah. well, they did die. They did, they did. <laughs> but before they died, they were not dying. Dying of the they hike itself. Having a great time. Right. And then some shit went down. Right. Which I would love to know. I don't really want to have been there. No. But I would love to just know. Right. Um. So interestingly, so the mountain, the camp where they ended up camping. Yeah. Was on the slopes of again. I'm gonna botch this, but Colat Siakal. Sure. Um. Which is a transliteration in Russian of Holachal, which means dead mountain. Yes. Which I thought was cool. It says for, um, so for the indigenous people of the area, the Mansi? Mansi? I I would say Mansi, but that's just me. M-A-N-S-I. Yeah. Um, For Mansi hunters, I guess that that 
Dead Mountain kind of just meant lack of game. Right. So it seems a little more ominous when you just think of it as Dead Mountain, but right. when you think of it in that context, it's like, oh, okay. Right. There's just nothing there for hunters. Which is also kind of weird, too. Yeah. You know? Which is odd. I think, yeah, that kind of comes up in a lot of uh, paranormal stories and, like, weird stories, kind of like the lack of... Wildlife. Yeah, wildlife and, like, things that are living where they should be right. living and aren't. Right. So that could be could be a weird thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the leader, Igor... Uh, most of this group were just in their 20s. Like, these were mostly, like, early 20s people. There was one guy in the group that was, like, in his late 30s. Yeah. But everybody else, I think, was, like, 24 at the oldest. Right. So these were, like, young, <clears throat> spry, healthy people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, these were mostly students and peers at the university. They And there was one member of the group who actually left, like, on the first or second day because he oh, got yeah. sick. Oh, he, like, yeah. I think he had some underlying health conditions anyways, and it said that something... Um, he suffered from rheumatism and congenital heart defects. So he had like this bad knee and joint pain. And so he left and turned back, which I can't even imagine how lucky right. he must have, like how awful he must have felt later. Right. But can you imagine later on being like, oh shit. Survivor's guilt. Yeah. Hard. The one survivor right. by no like fault. It was just dumb luck. Luck, man. Insane. Um, so yeah, so they're going on this crazy hike. The goal of the trip was to reach Oderton, which also, in, interestingly, in local Monsi language, translates to don't go there, <laughs> which is kind of perfect, yep. um, which was a mountain that was about a little over six miles north of where this incident actually took place. So they right. were pretty close they to reaching close, their, yeah. their goal. Um, so yeah, they arrived at this little town, Ivdel, January 25th. They took a truck to Vizhai, another little village or whatever, that says the last inhabited settlement to the north. And they wow. apparently just... Got a bunch of loaves of bread to eat that night to like keep their energy up, which right. is like it's legit. Right. Feel that. Fifty nine in Russia. What else is there to eat? Yeah. Uh, January twenty seventh. That morning they start their journey. Yeah. The next day, the one survivor, Yuri Yudin, turned back, went back to the little town, and headed home. But the other nine went on without him. And so I guess they were able to kind of track their route up to the day before the event because they had um, like diaries and cameras and stuff that were found. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Um, so January 31st, they arrive at the edge of a highland area and they were getting ready to start climbing. And they kind of like cached a bunch of surplus food and equipment that they were going to use for the trip back. And then the next day, February 1st, they started to move through the pass. And so I guess it looks like they planned to get over the pass and they were going to make camp for the next night on the opposite side. But either there were already worsening conditions or it seemed like bad conditions were coming right. so they decided to kind of lose their direction and they deviated west up towards the top of the mountain um they realized their mistake they stopped there set up a camp on the slope rather than moving downhill which i guess it was theorized that Dyatlov didn't want to like lose their altitude that they had gained at that point right um or, or they just wanted to practice yeah. camping on the side of a mountain which again like clearly something only experienced hikers right. would think to do like oh this like, will just be cool right like like let's let's give it a try yeah and like when, when you look at a picture of the tent it mm. is like a super exposed just like yeah like you can see like 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 a tree line like not too far away where they could have camped closer to that and maybe been like a little bit more sheltered from like the the cold and the potential snow that was going to come mm. but they decided to camp like it's essentially like the middle of like a like a field kind of thing yeah. or just like right wide open. open expanse of just like flat snow. Yep. So it's it's kind of a weird place for them to have camped, but it would make sense that they're just either trying to practice or right. like, fuck it. Yeah, Let's just go here. And it, I guess it makes, I mean, I've never been on like a, I mean, I've never really been on much of a hike at all, but it would make sense, I guess, like that if it was almost a mile downhill to that forested area that I could see they're only six-ish miles from their destination that, like, yeah, why go back a mile right. to then have to hike it again the next day? If, again, these people are experienced, like, clearly they they must have seen that the weather coming was bad enough to not continue that night, but not so bad that, like, oh, we need to go take cover. Right. So, you know, kind of in my opinion, there's, like, a lot of trust going into their experience here mm-hmm. that they knew they had done this before in these types of conditions on these types of mountains. Right. That this was, like, no big deal. Right. Um... So, apparently, before they left, Dyatlov had said that he would send a telegram to their sports club. Like, telegram. What? Right. Um, as soon as they returned to that, that village where they ate all that bread. Um, which was, like, their finishing point. The bread village. Right. Which he predicted before they left that it would be no later than February 12th. But then when that guy turned back, the 10th guy in the group, 
um, he told him it would probably be a little longer, I think, because he had seen how the weather was, maybe to take, you know, whatever they were just predicting it would take a little longer. Um, so when the 12th came and went, nobody really did anything. Right. Because they were like, oh, it's normal for, like, a hike like that to take a few more days than expected. Right. But on the 20th, the relatives, some of the group, demanded a rescue operation, which makes sense. Right. It's, like, over a week past their estimated point. They haven't sent any kind of contact, so people are like, what the hell? Right. So, essentially, the head of the institute sent the first groups, which were, like, volunteer students and teachers, and then... The army and the police and the Soviet Union became involved and they got like planes and helicopters and shit. Yeah. And yeah, February 26th, they found their abandoned, ripped up tent. Yes. Which is terrifying. Right. So the tent had been, they had cut themselves out of the tent. Mm. So something caused them to not only just like not unzip their tent and just like come out, they had to like cut their way out with knives because something was causing them to... Flee their tent. Flee. Some unknown force. Yeah. Um, One of the students who found the tent said, quote, the tent was half torn down and covered with snow. It was empty and all the group's belongings and shoes had been left behind. And yeah, cut open from the inside. It was still like secured. Yeah. Enclosed where, you know, the entrance was, but they sliced their way out, which makes no sense. No. And they were not dressed for the weather. No. We'll get into that, but... Yeah, there were eight or nine sets of footprints left by people, they said, who were wearing only socks or a single shoe or were even barefoot Ugh. leaving this tent, which happens And, like, this terrible. is, like, crazy amounts of snow, too. When yeah. you look at, like, the photos, like, there was, like... Oh, yeah. Solid snow on the ground. Snow, and it was super cold. Yeah. And, again, with, like, the weather, we're presuming that it was, like, windy, <clears throat> maybe, like, actively snowing, even, and they just rushed out of there... Right. ...with no shoes on. Yeah. Which is terrible. Um... Yeah, so the footprints could be followed leading down towards the edge of those woods that you mentioned um, on the opposite side of the pass, which, again, was almost a mile away from where their tent was. Right. Um, weirdly enough, after about 500 feet, those tracks were covered in snow. So it was kind of like all these sets of footprints started off leaving the tent and then seemingly disappeared, which in that type of weather, like, who knows, the snow could right. have just buried them. Right. Um, weird a little bit to me that it would only bury part of the trail and yeah. not the whole trail all i can think is maybe like wind shears like the way that yeah. like the wind would blow it would just be a specific right like like channel where the where the snow got blown over their tracks and like the rest of it was undisturbed for whatever reason it is weird like there must have been mm. i mean i can't remember what exact day it estimated that they had died but pretty soon after they camped out there they died yeah and so you have to assume that those footprints were there for a while. I mean, obviously, it's possible that there really wasn't any other snow or any other wind, but, like, it seems like a decent chunk of time right. that, like, part of the footprints were buried and the others weren't. Yeah, you know, it wasn't, strange. like, a day. Right. It was, like, potentially a week or more that they, I don't know. That yeah. was, like, for some reason, that detail always gets me. Um, so at the forest edge, again, a mile from the tent, under a large Siberian pine, oh, wow. they found the visible remains of a small fire, and then there were the first two bodies, shoeless and only in their underwear. Ugh. That was Yuri Doroshenko and Yuri Krivonyshenko. <laughs> Apparently Yuri is a very common name. Yes. <laughs> so, Yuri and Yuri. Yep. Uh, the branches on the tree were broken up to 15 feet high. That's weird. Which seems weird. Um, they said it suggested that one of the hikers had climbed up to look for something, maybe looking for the camp. Right. Which, I guess... You're barefoot in your underwear. Maybe you climbed a tree. Right. I don't know. Or you're trying to get away from something. Exactly. Which seems even creepier. Seems way creepier. Um, between the pine and the camp, they found three more bodies who all seemed to have died in poses suggesting that they were attempting to return to the tent. <clears throat> Weirdly enough, they weren't even like all clustered together. They were right. like each several like hundred meters apart. Yeah. Like super scattered. Like they, yeah. So it sounds like... They ripped their way out of the tent and just, like, scattered to the wind. Yeah. To, like, get away from something or... But it looks like they were heading back towards the tent. Right. So maybe they scattered, yeah, like, went down to the tree line, mm-hmm. and then for whatever reason, those three were coming back. Also, like, the fact that they were all split up in different groups is weird to me. Right. I just, like, don't get any of it. Um, and they didn't find the other four hikers for more than two months. Yeah. It was May 4th. Found them under... Four meters of snow in a ravine, like, 75 meters further into the woods from the pine tree. Right. What the hell? And these four 
were better dressed than the others. They were not in their underwear. Right. They had more clothes on. Um, there were actually signs that these four had taken clothes from some of the others that had died. Right. So it's kind of unclear in that sense. Like, were those dudes by the fire? Like, did they just leave the tent in their underwear and not ever put clothes on? Did they have their clothes taken off? Right. By I guess those that four? would make sense. Yeah. But they had some clothes on and then the other ones like scavenged it. Right. But then how do those guys die? We'll get, in, we'll get into yeah. the causes of death here in a second. Because yeah. each of those is significant, but... Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that was basically the scene that they came upon. Yeah. So, they started investigating. Right after they found those first five, they started investigating. Um, so, those five, it was, like, basically straightforward, like, hypothermia. Yeah. The one, It said one of them had a small crack in his skull, but that wasn't thought to be the cause of his death. Right. It's pretty obvious that they all just froze out there. Which is crazy. So, yeah, so six out of the nine died of hypothermia. Yeah, so those five and one of the four, but it was those four bodies in the ravine that were weird. Yes, F- signs of physical trauma. Yeah, like these, the five, the two, the three scattered between the tent and the tree line and even the two at the tree line were, like, that seemed like, if it was just those five, Yeah. like, I wouldn't have even questioned the whole thing. Right. I'd be like, yeah, sure, something weird happened. Maybe they heard something out there. Maybe they thought an avalanche was coming. Right. Who knows? Scattered from the tent. Scattered from the tent. Yeah. And maybe it was nighttime. They couldn't find their way back. Mm-hmm. It's freaking freezing cold. If it was like whipping around snow, maybe they like couldn't see the tent anymore. They got lost. Right. But yeah, it's the other three of the four bodies in the ravine that make this into something bizarre. Super bizarre. Um, yeah. So one of them had a fractured skull, which was mm. the cause of death. And then two of them died from major chest fractures. Yep. That were would be consistent with like a car crash. Yeah. But no physical signs of trauma on the outside of the body. Mm-hmm. So it was just their internal skeletal structure and organs yeah. showed the signs of like being hit by a car. Yeah. And one of them, the head, was that same way. Ugh. So what can cause such trauma that it looks like they got hit by a car but not leave any wounds on the outside of the body? Exactly. What would even happen there? What would even happen? And the fourth woman, she was missing her tongue, eyes, part of her lips, and some of her facial tissue, and a fragment of her skull. Yes. Um, It did say she had skin maceration, so that's like when your skin, like, breaks down and softens because it's exposed to moisture. Mm -hmm. Um, It was claimed that she was found lying face down in a small stream under the snow, and so, like, those injuries were just from her being in the water. Which is possible. Which is possible, but still seems odd. And I guess she had no other signs of death aside from, like, she just died of hypothermia and then just had these weird other injuries. wounds, yeah. Yeah, which is just... And all of the bodies were slightly irradiated. Yeah. There was, like, faint radiation detected on all of them. Yep. Which is odd. That will factor into some theories. (laughs) It's a little bit odd. Yeah. So there were journalists that reported on basically the available parts of the inquest files... Um, so their facts essentially were six died of hypothermia, three of fatal injuries, mm-hmm. which we know. Um, no indications of any other people nearby apart from those nine hikers. There was no sign of any other hikers or people that could have done this, which, right. again, no person could do right. what those people died of. But right. um, the tent was ripped open from within. The victims had died six to eight hours after their last meal. Yep. So that, okay. Um, traces from the camp which again, this is like a weird thing too, showed that all group members left the campsite of their own accord on foot. So something chased them away from that camp in some sense. Right. Something spooked them. Unknown force. Yes. Um, The doctor that examined the bodies stated that the fatal injuries of the three bodies could not have been caused by another human being. Quote, because the force of the blows had been too strong and no soft tissue had been damaged. It's weird. Again, so bizarre. Um, Release documents contain no information about the condition of the hiker's internal organs. Which I thought was odd. Yeah, that is weird. And no survivors. Right. Of course, except for the guy who left. But he wasn't. I guess technically he wasn't really a survivor. Right. He was just lucky. Um, so at the time, they basically just... The verdict was reached that it was a compelling natural force. Yes. They stopped the investigation in May um, because there was no guilty party. I always thought that was a super weird way to like phrase that. Yeah. It was an, an unknown compelling force or an unknown natural force. Yeah. Like, that doesn't, that's, like, very specific and very vague at the same time. Yeah. Like, what, what is that, what is an unknown compelling force? Right. Like, I don't, 
that just like adds like mystery to it. Like how yeah. is that the official description? Yeah, that's just it. That's like all they could come to. Yeah. Which I don't know. They they archived all of these files in secret until the seventies. Right. Which I thought was odd. I did read somewhere that was like pretty standard for any like domestic incidents in the Soviet Union at the time. Yeah. So they that, just didn't like, want anybody to know anything of what was going on yeah, ever, even ever. if it wasn't, like, sketchy. Yeah. I think if that had happened here in the United States, like, that would be immediate cause for suspicion for me mm-hmm. to be like, why would they hide this? Like, if it, right. if there was no guilty party that they could think of, there was no sign of other people, like, this wasn't a crime, right. then why would they hide it? But apparently that was kind of normal at the time. Um, but still, I think, made it difficult at the time for people to figure out what the hell was going on. Right, you didn't have the information. Yeah. There's just nothing for, yeah, like, for another almost, like... 10 or 15 years. Um, so apparently in 2018, one of the hikers, actually the oldest hiker, the guy that was in his late 30s, was exhumed. Um, these journalists of this Russian tabloid, which was like founded in the 20s. It was like official, initially the official organ of the youth wing of the Communist Party. Sweet. And then as the Soviet Union began began to collapse, it shifted to just, like, a Russian tabloid newspaper. Um, so they somehow started this, like, process of exhuming the body of this dude. And, yeah, one of the experts stated the character of the injuries resembled a person knocked down by a car. Mm-hmm. So confirmed that. Yep. And weirdly, the DNA analysis did not reveal any similarity to the DNA of his living relatives. Which is weird. Which is super weird. Which they speculate could be because he was living under, like, an, an assumed name. Yeah. He could have been, like, who knows? Because it was, like, you know, 15 years after World War II. Right. So he could have done God knows what during World War II and just taken somebody's identity. Right. Yeah. It it was pretty easy to do back then. Another person hiding under his name after the war. Which is weird because I guess they reconstructed his face from the exhumed skull and they said that that resembled pictures of him. Hmm. Um, But I don't know. Then they said that was, like, post-war photographs. So presumably the real dude. Right. But. Oh, interesting. I don't know. I have no idea if he had, you know. Living relatives that he was close with. I mean, like, maybe he was, like, adopted, or there could have been some story back in his yeah. day where, like, he wasn't actually, like, the child of whoever was his, quote, mother. Right. And they hid it because back in the day, you, like, yeah. that wasn't kosher, you know? That's true. So, just odd detail. Yeah, it's just, like, a weird little detail. Weirdly, like, weird enough that, like, a Russian tabloid newspaper was like, let's get this body out of there. Let's fucking dig up a body. <laughs> let's check it out. Um, I thought it was odd that the region that they were found was closed to hikers for three years after the incident. Right. Which, it's open now. It's yeah. been open for a while. But for three years. And right. they weren't investigating all the time. They closed the investigation in mm-hmm. May. Yeah. Only a few months after it happened. So it's not like they were investigating that whole time. Didn't want anybody coming and, like, messing with it. Right. They just didn't want anybody there. It's weird. Which, yeah. there's a couple theories as to why that might be. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, so the part that makes us timely... Mm-hmm. Is that this month, Literally, February 2019. February 2019. Like a week ago. We did not plan this. We did not plan. I didn't even know this until today. No. Um, CNN announced that the Russian authorities were, are reopening the investigation. Yes. But they're only exploring the three most like reasonable explanations, which, which are avalanche, yep. snow slab avalanche, yep. which is apparently the most dangerous type of avalanche, and a hurricane. Yep. Hur- fucking hurricane? Hurricane. We're like in like the middle of Siberia. I yeah. don't... I we'll get into the theories, but none of those. <laughs> I don't. I don't buy it. Those are like the three least likely. Yeah the the chief of justice administration for the prosecutor told reporters essentially that like relatives and the media and the public are still asking what happened, and they have not been shy about their suspicions that something was hidden from them. Yeah. So they're going to go back to the site in March to try to recreate the scene, which still seems odd to me. Like just in the sense that like if they're so convinced that it was just a natural occurrence, right. It seems odd to reopen it this far after mm-hmm. the, yeah, like, we're right after the anniversary here, and they're going to go back and, like, recreate it just yeah, for weird. the sake of, I don't know. Like, I don't think there's, there's a whole lot of theories that I don't think you can fully discount now. Right. All these years later. No, and especially because when we get into the theories, like, the avalanche theory is actually, like, very unlikely. Yeah. And it's one of the more unlikely ones. Yeah. And... They're, and, like, a hurricane. Like, I haven't even heard that as a theory about it. And, like, why would that ever make sense that a fucking hurricane came, like, in the middle of the largest country on the planet? Literally, like, smack dab in the middle. Yeah. How would a hurricane come from where? 
like across all of Europe and then halfway across Russia yeah. or across all of like China and come all the way. Well, and there's like Russia. no report of a hurricane nearby. This wasn't like a known no. like thing that was happening that they were like, oh yeah, they probably got swept up in that. Yeah. Like, no. I haven't read anything about a hurricane no. in, the, in my whole researching this topic. Nothing about a hurricane. No. So that no. just that just seems strange. Yeah. And it, it, it's almost that whole that whole idea of like someone who's confronted with something that they lied about tries <laughs> too hard to convince you that they didn't lie. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like this just seems to me like they're just trying to be like, you know, like, of course we didn't lie. Of course we didn't hide anything. We're going to go find out what it is. And it's one of these three very neat stories that yeah. no, have nothing to do with any of the stories. We're not going to investigate know. anything else. Right. Just these three. Only because all they're writing off is that it was a crime, which I don't even think any of the theories that fall into the realm of, like, it being a crime, which I can only even think of one. Right. Um, like, none of those are even what people are suspecting. No. That it was a crime. I mean, I guess kind you, of. You can call it like a war crime. Yeah. One yeah. of the theories. <laughs> we'll look into that. Yeah. So, some other odd things. Um, this 21-year-old Yuri Konsevich. Close enough. can't pronounce any of this stuff. Another Yuri. Um, who later became the head of the Dyatlov Foundation, mm -hmm. attended five of the hikers' funerals, and he recalled that their skin had, quote, a deep brown tan. Yes. Which I thought was weird. That is weird. I like that little detail. Right. Um, also relevant, another group of hikers, about 30 miles south of the incident, reported seeing strange orange spheres in the sky yes. to the north of where they were on the night of the incident. Mm -hmm. um, similar spheres were observed in Ivdel, that, like, first little town that they had arrived in. Yep. And adjacent areas continually from February to March of yep. that year by various independent witnesses, including the meteorology service and the military. Right. But these were all not noted in the initial investigation and they, some of those people didn't come forward until years later. Right. So. That's weird. Interesting. Spheres in the sky, man. It's very weird. Um, yeah, there was a dude in the late 60s who was a Russian writer and a journalist, Yuri Yarovoy. That's the fourth Yuri. Yeah. There's in this episode. In this episode. Um, <laughs> he published a novel called Of the Highest Degree of Complexity that was inspired by the incident. So he had been involved in the search for Dyatlov's group and he was involved in the inquest. He was like the official photographer, um, hmm. both during the search and the initial stage of the investigation. So he kind of had some unique information. Right. Um, so, but the book was written during the Soviet era of, like, censorship and mm -hmm. keeping details of this accident secret. So when he wrote the book, he kind of only revealed the, like, official position and the well-known details of the case. Right. And he kind of romanticized it a little bit and had, at the end, like, the leader was the only one who died and not the entire group. Um, hmm. But his colleagues said that he had alternate versions of the novel that he had pitched that were turned down because of said censorship. Right. And he died in 1980 and all of his archives, photos, notes, diaries, rejected manuscripts have been lost. I know. Just like, that sucks. Come on. Because dude probably knew some shit. Mm -hmm. And clearly he tried to release some versions of this novel that had some information that people yeah. didn't want out there. I wonder if they're lost or if they've just been <laughs> yeah. like I'm sure they exist confiscated. Somewhere. Yeah. They're somewhere. So I thought that was interesting. Um... There was another writer who put out a book um, in 1990. So this was like right about when the Soviet Union was collapsing. Mm -hmm. His book, which has got a cool name, The Price of State Secrets is Nine Lives. Oh, wow. How cool is that? That is cool. <laughs> um, so some researchers were criticizing his novel because it concentrates on the theory of a uh, Soviet secret weapon experiment. Yes. Yes. Which there's some, there's some evidence for. Yeah. I guess it stimulated public discussion boosted by interest in the paranormal. Yep. Um, and some people who had remained silent for those 30 years reported some new facts, including former police officer Lev Ivanov, who led the official inquest. Um, in 1990, shortly after this book came out, he published an article where he admitted, A, that his investigation team had no rational explanation for this incident, right. and B, that after his team reported they had seen those flying spheres, his, like investigative team right. saw these, he received direct orders from high-ranking officials to dismiss the claim. Yep. That's shady. Oh, yeah. That's real shady. That's real shady. Like, you know, on one hand, you can be like, well, they just don't want to get distracted by these potential paranormal theories. Right. They're like, let's just focus on the facts here. Mm -hmm. But... 
people seeing orange spheres in the sky, that's a fact. That's a fact. So, like, that's something to, like, take into account. Yeah. And I'm not even, when I come down on my theories, I'll talk about it more, but I'm not even necessarily of the opinion that this was supernatural. Right. Like, I'm, I'll give you my whole wrap-up at the end. But oh, I don't, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm not even necessarily thinking, like, aliens here. Right. So, I don't think that it's necessarily, like, a distraction to focus in on things like that. I think... If anything, they're trying to cover something up. Yeah, exactly. I don't think... I do one of my... One of the theories that I like the best, which may be the theory you like the best, like where you're going right now, um, yeah, is not paranormal, but it does give reason for why government officials might not want that talked about. Yes. So, um, yeah, there's another Russian writer who wrote a book based on a documentary called The Mystery of Dyatlov Pass, which now I have like five books and documentaries I want to watch about this. Right. Um, she published a novella of the same name, and I guess it had some fictional components. I think she kind of had, like, a person that was kind of loosely based on herself being, like, a woman trying to, like, solve the case. So she kind of, like, inserted herself in that way where she was, like, on the investigative team type of situation. Okay. Um, but it's supposed to be the largest source of documentary materials ever made available to the public about the incident. Wow. Um, and there also, there's, like, pages of case files and stuff like that being published on, like, a web forum for, quote, enthusiastic researchers. <laughs> so, I would consider myself an enthusiastic researcher. I agree, mess, I wanna, myself included. I'm going to go check that out. Um, and also, two more fun facts. There's a tomb yes. for the deceased at a cemetery in Yekaterinburg, Russia. Google it, because it's super cool. It's super cool. It has, it's got, like, their photos on it. Yeah, all nine of their photos. And weirdly, in 2016, there was a memorial plaque inaugurated... In another town in Russia, I don't want to even try to say. Um, dedicated to Yuri Yudin, the dude who didn't go with them the full trip, who died in 2013. Yeah, that's weird. I just think it's weird that, like, I mean, again, I wouldn't even call him a survivor. Like, no offense. I Well, he's not alive to hear this, but right. no offense to any living relatives that he might have. I don't know. Right. He wasn't a survivor. No, I just don't think that he's, like, exactly. Like, he didn't survive the... he he. Like, got off the trip, like, way, yeah. way before anything he went was down. He literally, like, they left one day, and he bailed on the trip the second day, which, right. like, I'm sure he had legit reasons, and again, like, lucky as hell, man. Right. He could have pushed through, mm -hmm. been like, whatever, I'm going to do this, but he was like, no, nah, I got to go back, and then right. all nine of your buddies Died die. in, like, the weirdest circumstances you can think of. Insane. Yeah. But yeah, he's just not a, I don't know why there needs to be a memorial plaque. No. He, like, he wasn't the one person they found at the site. Right. Just so he's, like, alive. It's weird. Like, why? Pfft. Maybe somebody could prove that I should have been somewhere and I should have died, but I didn't. They're going to, like, put up a plaque for me. Like, like what about the guy who sold them the bread? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, he he a survive? plaque? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, a loaf of bread, like a solid brass. That would be amazing. Uh, yeah, with, like, a picture of him on a little plaque in front, like... Yeah. I sold bread to the dad of past people. <laughs> yeah. And that would be weird, too. Yeah. To know that they had stopped by and, like, bought your bread. Right. And then all died. From like, fuck, did I fuck up that bread bad enough that I killed all my? <laughs> yeah, this is my fault. They all went crazy, and like left their tents, and then got abducted by aliens and like killed by the KGB. He's like, shit, I put mushrooms in that bread. I sold them the wrong bread. <laughs> fuck, that was the special loaf of mushroom bread. Shit, there is a theory about mushrooms. Is there really? Mm -hmm. I did not find a mushroom theory. Really? Okay, in my research, which I told you before we recorded, there are supposedly. Something like seventy-five yes. theories about this. This is a, this is a, like a, a a topic that lends itself to so many theories mm. because there's so much evidence and so little evidence at the same time. Yeah, that there's a lot of detail, and so if you start, you can shoehorn a lot of theories into this whole story. There's quite a few theories, like even just of like the maybe ten that I outlined. Yeah. Like, there's probably three or four of those where I'm like, that doesn't fit at all. No, like, somebody just was like, eh, how about this random thing? And it's like, okay, there's like 10 pieces of evidence that contradict that. But right. sure. Right. Sure. You can think that. <laughs> Great. Did you even read the case? Right. Probably not. Clearly not. So, probably yeah. the most popular theory. Yes. And one that they're trying to investigate in yep. this new whatever is an avalanche. Avalanche. Yes. Which is bullshit. Yeah, no, I mean, and you we need to be so angry, it, but it's bullshit. It doesn't, I guess the only part of this theory that would ring true to me at all would be a, they thought that an avalanche was happening. Yeah. Would make some sense as to why they left their tent in a, like, in a fervor. Yeah. But it doesn't explain how those three people died of, like, compression injuries exactly. without physical trauma to their body. Yeah. Because, okay, yeah, because one of the things that I read was saying that... So the group of four that were found in the ravine yes. that were under four meters of snow, yeah. 
Um, so that's what? 12 feet of snow? Sure. It's a yes. decent. Yeah. And this, I converted some things from meters <laughs> into feet and I left that one and I was like, oh no, Fuck. going back and forth. Yeah. But yeah, so it said that that was more than enough force to, if that snow like fell on them, yeah. could have provided those injuries. But when you think about the fact <clears throat> that those people, so if you're kind of like picturing this in your mind, roughly, you've got like the tent here. And then you go, like, down a mile, and there's the tree line, and then you go through the trees further to the ravine. Right. There's no way that they got covered in snow hard enough to fucking collapse their bones. Right. Without any of the people from the fucking tent up until also the ravine. Also those compression injuries. Yeah. Plus all the tree. If it's hard enough to just to, to cause, like, car accident-sized... Yeah wounds on these people then it's also going to destroy some of those trees on the tree line exactly like and how is he going to plow through all those trees and still have enough force to do that and not have killed those three right. people that were walking back to the tent and the two dudes at the campfire and how is their just... tent still there how is their tent right. still just like chilling there yeah the tent was like under some snow but it wasn't like yeah. buried in snow right so it which it for sure would have been if an avalanche had come down and like rushed through the whole thing. If there was an avalanche, I feel like they never would have found any of these bodies because right. it, it all just would have been washed away and it would have just been like yeah. a landslide. It would or just like, a, like fresh snow. Yeah. Yeah. They said that, yeah, this one dude's theory was like they woke up in a panic, cut their way out of the tent because they were just panicking. Like like you said, they thought an avalanche was coming. Yeah. Or maybe it was, supposedly, in this theory. Ugh. <laughs> um, so they were just cutting their way out because they were just like, shit, we just got to go. Um, they were poorly clothed because they had been sleeping and they were just in a rush. Yep. Sure. Um, in the darkness of the night, they got separated. Great. One of the group made a fire. Hence, this w- really was not mentioned in the original story that I read, but apparently some of them had like burns on their hands. Yeah. So, which his theory is that like, that's where that came from is they were trying to make this fire in the dark of night mm-hmm. in this panic. Um, some of them tried to return to the tent to get their clothes and it was too cold. So they died. That's like the three that were... Heading back. Right. Um, and then at some point, some of the clothes like may have been recovered or swapped from the dead, but the four whose bodies were most severely damaged were caught in an avalanche and buried under four meters of snow. Which I just, yeah, just seeing pictures of the site just doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make sense. At all. Um, so the evidence contradicting it, yeah, the location of the incident didn't have any obvious signs of an avalanche taking place right. when they found the bodies. Um there's certain patterns in the snow and, like, debris that they would see if that had happened mm-hmm. that weren't there. The bodies that were found within 10 days were only covered in a very shallow layer of snow. Right. Which, again... Would have just been from, like, a normal snowstorm. Yeah. And, oh. yeah, would have damaged the tree line. There were over 100 expeditions to the region since the incident, and none of them ever reported conditions that might create an avalanche. Right. So this was not... A study of the area using up-to-date terrain-related physics... Revealed that the location was entirely unlikely for such an avalanche to have occurred. Right. So. I don't think it was an avalanche. Fuck you guys. And I guess an analysis of the terrain, they said the slope and the incline said that even if there had been a very specific avalanche that circumvents the other criticisms that already exist. Right. That its trajectory wouldn't have even hit the tent. Right. So. It's bullshit. Right. Man. Also, they were experienced hikers. They would not have camped somewhere that they deemed likely to be the site of an avalanche. I know right. you can't always predict that, but if you're an experienced skier slash hiker, mm-hmm. you know what signs to look for. I don't. Right. I don't. I wouldn't know. know shit. But if you're going for your like category three hiker badge or whatever, yeah. you are probably going to know that kind of shit. That's you not just going to be shit. something you just, yeah, let's, let's camp on the side of this mountain. I've never heard of avalanches, even though yeah. I live in Russia and I'm like an experienced <laughs> yeah. hiker. Yeah. I do this all the time. So I'm just putting, yeah, I don't, I do not believe that it was an avalanche. Mm-hmm. It does not explain, it explains some of the behavior, but it doesn't explain the most important parts, which is like cause of death. Yeah. So. Yeah. And yeah, again, the fact that like most of those people were not covered up in snow. Right. And the four that were covered in snow were the furthest from the tent. Right. Makes no sense. No. Um, so yeah, avalanche is bullshit. Bullshit. But you all deserve to know. Yes. <laughs> it's a theory. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's a bullshit theory. Bullshit. <laughs> I'm mad about it. So one of the other things that they initially thought happened was that some of the indigenous Monsi people attacked them. Yes. Which is also like, it's so easily written off. Oh yeah. A, there were no other footprints right. besides the campers. Yep. B, there's no sign of any hand-to-hand fighting. Oh, that, yeah. And C, 
people can't do the type of damage that those right. those three people I who died of their injuries. I can't punch you hard enough to make it feel like you like <laughs> were hit by a car. Yeah. That's insane. It's insane. And so. the Monty people are known to be like peaceful and right. like not warlike at all. Yeah. They're just chilling. They're just doing their thing in the mountains. It's such like a bad stereotype. It is. That goes right back to Roanoke. Right. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, they were just angry and they just came up and like slaughtered all of them. Right. It's like, okay. The people in Roanoke probably had a probably had it coming. I mean, yeah, they had it coming more. These were just some innocent hikers. Yeah. But you know, it did say that the Monsi people like consider that area to be very like spiritual and symbolic, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really see a group of indigenous people who were, you know, thinking this area is beautiful and spiritual to then be like, Oh, you're in my area, I'm gonna kill you brutally with, with the like, force of like a thousand cars or something. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. But it's like physically impossible. Yeah. So. I, I didn't even like look deep into that. That's, no. The either. only the only like monty related theory that I saw that might have made some sense was the mushroom theory. Oh, where did not see that. They had um like they could have come in contact with some of the monty people and I, they weren't really clear on how this would have happened, but like somehow would have gotten mushrooms from mm. them and like decided to take mushrooms that night or accidentally taken mushrooms that night, Interesting. which caused them to bug out and <laughs> run out of the tent, which again explains them leaving the tent, but it yeah. does not explain how somebody was killed with the force of a car. Exactly. That's, that, that's the weird part. That part, and that also, I'm going to skip ahead to one of my theories, which, not one of my theories, one of people's theories, um, which was the paradoxical undressing. Yes. So that if you're suffering from hypothermia, you can have a sensation of like a burning warmth yes. that comes along with that extreme cold yep. and it can make you take off your clothes. Because you feel like you're yeah. overheating. Right. You're going crazy. But again, that only um, explains the people who maybe died of hypothermia. Right. Like so the that, people that were out yeah. there in their underwear. So maybe, they, yeah, maybe they did strip down because they were dying of hypothermia. Sure. So yeah. that explains six out of the nine deaths. But exactly. there's three people who were crushed to death that we yeah. still have no idea how they died. Yeah. So, so a lot of these theories is like almost there and it explains right. like some of like the immediate behavior leaving the tent, but it yep. doesn't explain the death of those three people. Exactly. Like it, another one of the theories that's written off for me is people think that it could have been uh, escaped prisoners from the gulags in the region that like came across them and didn't know, you know, that what they was were going like on. From the government or whatever. Exactly. Like didn't know who they were. But <clears> again, like people escaped prisoners as violent as they might be can't physically do what was done to those three people. No. And they're so. probably like starved to death in a gulag too. So it's yeah. not like they're like physically fit. Right. Yeah. They're not physically fit. The other six people didn't die of any injuries. Right. Even the one dude with like the slight skull fracture. So like what? The prisoners. He could have just been like running and fallen and hit his head and that yeah. could have caused a skull fracture. Yeah. There's like no sign of any type of altercation at right. all. So those theories are just like, again, to me, it's like somebody just literally heard that some people died in the mountains and they were just like prisoners. Right. Like, did you read anything else? Right. That makes no sense. Yeah. Um, so, have you heard this infrasound? Yeah. Theory? So this is this is a very popular one. This is one that people think explains all of the, everything that happened. Hmm. But I don't agree that it explains all of it. Yeah. This is in the same no. category as explaining the behavior that makes them leave the tent but doesn't explain the crushing injuries. Exactly. So, okay, so infrasound is the idea that there are frequencies that affect humans in ways that we don't pick up on like consciously. Mm. So like the idea is that you could play a certain frequency of a note and it ca- it can induce panic attacks in humans. Yeah. And you can do this like with speakers and stuff, but there are specific regions where the wind blowing around a mountain for example or mm. like r- blowing through a ravine vibrates at the right frequency that it can hit that specific point where it induces panic attacks in humans. So the idea would be that they're chilling in their tent, the wind starts blowing around this mountain in such a way that it starts blowing at, it's called a Carmen Vortex Street. Yeah, I looked that up and tried to like summarize that and I was like, nope. The the, the idea is basically that real confusing. Somehow it acts like the the natural terrain acted as like almost like a like a woodwind instrument and Mm. played a certain note that then caused the hikers to have panic attacks. Which is wild. Unconsciously, which is wild and it's a cool, cool. it's a super cool theory. Yeah. And that would explain why they then cut themselves out of the tent on like in various states of undress and just ran into the, the um like the snow because they were having a panic attack. Yep. And that, again, explains the people who died of hypothermia and explains why they left their tent under the circumstances that they did. Yeah. But it doesn't explain how three people died of physical trauma. No, his... So the guy who popularized this is Donnie Icar. 
He's a film producer, director, and author. American. Yeah. He has a book that came out in 2013 called Dead Mountain, which is about this incident, um, which, again, is cool. I guess he also made the show. I haven't watched it, but there's a show called The Killing Fields that came out not long ago, yeah. which I've, I've heard of but I haven't seen. I guess he was the director, I think, or the creator of that show. Oh, interesting. I don't know. But yeah. um, his explanation for those people who died of the traumatic injuries were that that was from them stumbling over the edge of the ravine and landing on the rocks, which, again, hmm. I'm not an expert. I have to assume. I don't know how tall that ravine was. Right. So I don't know if it was tall enough that, like, the force of them hitting the rocks would be equivalent to having been hit by a car. Right. So my first thing. And secondly, I would just imagine that you falling onto some rocks. I mean, presumably they were the most dressed of the whole group. Hmm. So they had more, they weren't, like, naked. Right. But they had, they had clothes on, so that's fine. But I just don't, I would think that there'd be some external injuries from right. hitting rocks. And that that's the thing is, like, I could see, because, like, if you think about... You know, you you falling onto a rock at a certain, like, say you fell onto a rock and you hit 55 miles an hour. That's equivalent to being hit by that rock going 55 miles an hour. So I could see that. But again, like you said, like there would be external injuries to the body. Like when you get hit by a car, it causes like extreme bruising and like the lividity would be such that you'd see physical signs of trauma on the outside of the body. It wouldn't just be internal. Exactly. So So like, again, that this, this theory gets farther than the other ones because yes. that falling into the ravine would kind of make sense it would make sense and i honestly don't know i don't remember seeing any details about like the actual height of the ravine right to like figure out if you falling from that distance could if you could reach that speed i don't know right but yeah i would just i would imagine again not being an expert maybe they were wearing enough clothing that they didn't really get i just still think there'd be something yeah you'd, you'd have some kind of physical trauma if it's bad enough to like kill you and like Cause crushing think. injuries to your chest. Yeah, it's going to cause out external trauma as well. Yeah, I'm. I ain't no doctor, but <laughs> I ain't no medical examiner. But <laughs> pretty damn sure that's what I think. So that's this dude's theory, and it's a cool one. It's that's that's points for originality. It is. It is up there. Um. So one of the other theories is. I guess I'll start with some of the more uh, out there ones. So. Mm. There was a Discovery Channel special in 2014 called Russian Yeti, The Killer Lives. Yes. Which sounds cool. I kind of want to yeah, see that. Right. Um, explored the theory that they were killed by either a mank, mm-hmm. which in the Monsi mythology was like these formidable forest spirits, which I guess were similar to yetis, yep. or a Russian Yeti. Yeah. Um, the hiker's injuries were from some kind of superhuman strength yep. that the Yeti could have done. Um, so it kind of like begins with that, and then it kind of ends with like, we don't really have any proof Obviously. Whatsoever. Um, well, because the, the, there was only the footprints found of them leaving the tent. Yes. They would have found footprints from a Yeti somewhere around there. Well, one of the things that was said was that there were two members of the search party who got onto the scene first that claimed that they saw footprints larger than that of a human. Hmm. And that those footprints were never included in an official Soviet government report. So that's just some people saying yeah, that. It's hearsay, but there's also a famous photograph known as Frame 17. Yes. You've seen this? It's a oh cool man, photo. Google this photo. It's a cool photo. Fo- yeah, it'll be in the notes. Freaks me out. It's freaky. So um, one of the hikers, Nikolai Thibault Brignol. Sure. I don't know. Close enough. Um, I believe he was. I think he was one of the people in the ravine. Okay. If I, I don't know for sure, yeah. but obviously one of the people who died. <laughs> um, so. On his camera, the last photo taken, it's kind of this blurry photo. Like, it's just snow, like, snow-covered trees. And there's kind of a figure coming sort of out of the trees, coming right at him. But it's a blurry photo and whatever. And they kind of look like they're in, like, this lurching or, like, stumbling position. I thought it looked like he was peeking out from behind the tree. It it did a little bit. Like, it looked like he was starting to come out, like, hey. Like, hey. But it's a sweet photo. Right. Um, Of course, some people think that it was just one of the other hikers. It's a blurry photo. Yeah. If you look at it in that light, you can kind of see, like, yeah, maybe it's somebody, like, all, like, they'd be super bundled up. Yeah. Um, but. So, because there were photos on that camera reel of them, like, fucking around. Yeah. So, it wasn't just, like, all serious, like, them, like, serious hikers. They were, like, having fun and. Oh, yeah. Doing stuff. There's, like, every article that I looked at had, like, seemingly had, like, a different photo of people. Because, like, it's, I think a few of them had cameras. Yeah. And they were just taking photos. Yeah. And, like, a lot of them were just them, like, you know, like, selfies right. type of thing. Like. Just them all, like, squeezed together taking photos. Yeah. 
So they were just having fun. Right. But then, yeah, there's just this weird photo yeah. of somebody kind of like lurching. Tonally very different from all the other photos. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just like this super blurry. Weird. So I guess the theory would be that they were hiking and they saw this Yeti Minsk thing before this whole incident. They like snapped a photo real quick and then they're still hiking. Yeah. And then that thing was following them mm. and saw them make camp and then like attacked them at night or started coming yeah. towards them at night. Which still seems odd to me only because like I think. The Yeti thing for me maybe would have held more weight if the tent had been ripped from the outside. Right. Like something was getting into the tent and right. they all fled. Exactly. But it wasn't. I could see like maybe they heard... There was some mention somewhere that I don't know if it, it was this... These people who claim they saw the footprints. Right. The, again, the search team. Um, apparently had made some type of recording when they were there searching of some type of weird like howl. Hmm. That they heard that, like, nobody was able to pin to any particular animal. So, I don't know if, like, part of the theory is that, like, they heard some terrifying howl and, like, fled the tent. But even then, like, there's no... The people who died... I don't think you'd leave the relative safety of the tent. No. Plus, if it was coming towards the tent. And so, if it was if it was coming from the tent towards the tree line, just mm. as the hikers were, then the people who were closest to the edge of the tree line would have been the ones who got got. Not the ones deep in the ravine who, yeah. like, made it into the woods. And the people going back to the tent. Like, at what point were they fleeing the tent and then were like, oh, hey, let's head back to where we just fled from. Right. If, they, if the theory is that it's a Yeti. Yeah, so I don't know. I think there's, as usual, there's a few pieces of information that don't quite fit. The superhuman strength is the only yeah. thing that gets me, like, okay, sure. But. Yeah, so, but, that, but that doesn't explain how they died, again, without external injuries. Because right. a Yeti is the same as falling onto a rock. It's just something with great force hitting your chest or yeah. your skull and causing concussive injuries on the inside but not leaving any physical trauma on the outside. Exactly. So unless the Yeti has some kind of, like, magical ability to, like, use concussive force without actually contacting your skin, which I've never heard of. I'm just picturing now a Yeti, like, putting his hand out and, like, a shockwave <laughs> coming from it. Yeah, and just, like, sending them over the ravine. Which maybe, you know, who maybe, knows? Maybe that's a thing. Yeah, I don't know about the Russian Yeti. We haven't done anything about the Russian Yeti. Right. We don't know. That'll be an episode. <laughs> That'll be an episode. Um, there's a theory that the the hike was secretly, and against the majority of the hikers' knowledge, a KGB operation. Yes. So if you don't know, the KGB was like the main security agency for the Soviet Union. Like the CIA. Yeah, like the CIA. Um, internal security intelligence and secret police. Right. So one of the most interesting aspects of this is that that oldest member of the group... Um, was not only a last-minute addition, but he apparently had, like, extensive military and combat training. Huh. And that he had a tattoo on his body that I won't even... This, not even, like, a word. It's just letters. <laughs> just letters. Just a bunch of, like, capital letters. But um, those who have researched it say there's no translation in any known language. So it's theorized that it's either a secret military tag or some type of secret society moniker. Hmm. So, but again, like, there's not even really any solid theories about, like, what the purpose of the... Like, this whole KGB right. operation What's the purpose? was... Why did he duck out of the... Like, why did he duck out? He wasn't even the one who ducked out. Oh, right. Oh, he's no, he died. died. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So, like, he's supposedly the the leader of this KGB thing. Like, whether he was the only person who had the knowledge or he was, right. like, working with... Like, maybe he was working with Dyatlov. Right. Who knows? But... I feel like it wouldn't be quite so know. publicized. Right. Like, they would have just, like, gone super under the radar rather than, like take photos and document and, like, yeah. have, like, this be, like, a notice, n notable thing. Like, right. the Soviet military could have just, like, done whatever they were going to, like, where, where are they going in the Ural Mountains anyways? Yeah. It's, like, deep in their territory. It's not like they're, like, it's not like there was, it was Russians hiking in some other country or whatever. Right. It was, like, they're hiking in their own territory. They could have done whatever they wanted secretly without having to yeah. have this group of nine hikers that seem very unrelated to... Yeah. The KGB. Yeah. Other that than that one guy. Seemed like another one of those theories to me that was just like tossed out there like, ooh, right. we're in Russia, KGB. Right, exactly. Like, okay. Right. Okay. Right. And yeah, this dude has a mysterious tattoo. Mm -hmm. Who knows what it means? I don't know. Maybe he got some word tattooed wrong. Like, who's right. that chick who just got a tattoo? Oh yeah, Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah, that, like her tattoo means something terrible <laughs> like, now. Like, like barbecue grill? Yeah, because those... she just like didn't want to continue getting it because it hurt too much. Yep. Oh my god. Fucking agent. I can't even. So maybe he did something like that. Like yeah. it can't be translated because he like got it tattooed wrong. Or like, it's like some weird inside joke with like some random like yeah. war buddy. Maybe it's like, yeah, it's literally like 15 letters. Yeah. So like maybe, it, I don't know, it's some weird long acronym for something right. that only right. he knows. I don't know. Right. 
it's, isn't necessarily a, I mean, it's cool that it could be a secret society moniker, but yeah. not necessarily. The, the the thing with that that would be more compelling is if there was some sort of like, if there was something in the Ural Mountains, if they were close to something, if there was like some, if there was like a, if there was more context to that story, I would be more interested in it. Yeah. But there doesn't seem to be any like reason that they're out there. There's no like stated like mission that they would be doing or like why no. they needed to be doing it this particular way it just seems like you said just like oh russia kgb it's gotta be it yeah it's gotta be it same thing with like the uh escaped prisoners like oh they're near like some gulags like okay well right doesn't really match up to anything um and then probably again the one of the less likely ones which i always want it to be this i want it to be aliens yep but this doesn't really seem like aliens um people were saying the damage the trees that we mentioned mm-hmm. That signifies maybe somebody climbed in the trees. Yeah. Could actually have been from a UFO hovering above the tree line. And some of the group that were found, the ones that were found later in the ravine, some of that, like, the bits of their face missing. Yeah. Apparently, I didn't see pictures of this, so I don't really know. Um, But apparently it seemed like it was done a little bit more. Surgically? Yeah. Like, intentionally by some intelligent force and not just normal degradation of the skin. But why would the alien... Okay, why would aliens... I could see why aliens would zone in on this, like, group of hikers out, like, in this desolate wilderness because mm. there's nothing else to see. It's white snow and they had a bright orange tent. That right. makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, And it would make sense that they came to try to, like, make contact or do whatever the fuck aliens do. Like, maybe abduct them and, like, do experiments. Yeah. But why did they just do it on that woman? And how did she end up... In that, like, maybe they caught those four people who ended up in that ravine and they just dumped their bodies there. Right. So I guess there's maybe that. And they were brought onto the ship and whatever happened caused them to die and of compression injuries yeah. due to whatever. Yep. And they just left them. And they just in there just like, fuck, we just killed these people. Let's just dump them here. <laughs> yeah. But I don't feel like they would dump them that close to where... I, I, it just seems... Right. It, it all seems, seems very messy. human. It seems like a very yeah. human and messy way to go about doing that. Like, that's yeah. what, like, humans would do. Well, like, my thought, too, is, like, if the UFO is above the tree line where those dudes were at the camp. Or yeah. not the camp, but the fire. Right. Then you'd think that, like, that would be where the people were abducted from. Like, the UFO hovered above where the campfire was. Right. And grabbed some people. But, like, why would they have only taken four of, like, we'll just assume those six. Like, if six people were around the campfire. Right. Why would they have just taken four of them? And yeah, like those four were seemingly the only ones that had these weird, like almost surgical looking right. bits of skin removed. But why not take all six? I don't know. Like if they would just choose four people. Right. Because they, they sat there starting and they, so like these people started a fire. Yeah. So that fire would be like a huge beacon. Like, hey, we're here, right here. Yeah. You want to come like abduct us too. Come, we're right come here. grab us. Yeah. 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 So either they like missed that. Like, I don't know why the UFO would be there and not take the two of them unless there were six of them to begin with and they only took four. Right. But yeah, then why take those four? But I mean, you could say that, I guess, about why do certain people get abducted and not others? I've right. never been abducted Maybe there to was my something, knowledge. Right. Like, why not? Or me? have you? Or have I? Shit. Am I going to like uncover some memories later? X-Files theme plays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to inject that in yeah. there. We just need like a button that we can just press to play <sighs> the X-Files theme. That would be theme. amazing, actually. I gotta like I'm work on that. I'm sure it's a thing. I'm sure there's like an app yeah, just that we could just do that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't quite. And I like again. I want it to be a thing. Mm-hmm. I would love for it to be aliens. The the orange lights seen in the yeah, sky that the would make lights. sense. But yep. I honestly I don't think that aliens is the answer here. No. So for me, the most likely, I think, is also for you. Yes. Is military tests. Yes. Military yes. testing of secret weapons of some kind. Yes. So. My, the specific military test that I liked was that the campsite was within the path of a Soviet parachute mine exercise. Yes. Parachute mines are naval mines dropped by an aircraft, by a parachute that explode before they hit the ground. Right. Which would explain the fact that obviously nobody had injuries that were like them getting blown up. Mm -hmm. But if it explodes... Near them, like, the idea is that they were woken up by the explosions, right. fled the tent because they had no idea what was going on. Right. And some of them froze to death, couldn't get back to the tent. And then um, some of those people that were in the ravine were injured by the parachute mine concussions. Right, because if you think about it, if they're in a... So if those people... So they all... They hear the explosions, like, coming towards them, which I'm sure it would sound like, you know, like, farther away and then getting closer, like... Yeah. So you'd be like, like, shit, shit, what the hell is happening? 
cut your way out of the tent, you all scatter into the winds. Yep. Some of them die of hypothermia like normal. Those three make it into the woods, down into the ravine, and they're hiding there because maybe they have some knowledge. Like, oh, these are explosions. Like, we need to hide. We need to, you know, the idea of, like, digging into a foxhole mm. where you, like, get down and, like, to prevent yourself from being hit with shrapnel. Oh, yeah. So they find a ravine, hide in the ravine. But one of those things explodes above the ravine. Mm-hmm. Then rather than protecting them, that, like, the the walls of the ravine are just going to uh, echo the concussion or act oh, as, yeah. like, a like reverberation. Yep. So all of that is just going to get concentrated and, like, bounced around in there, and that could have caused the physical trauma to the insides of their organs and stuff, which wouldn't cause any physical trauma on the True. outside. Yeah. So I think that makes a huge amount of sense. Huge amount of sense. It like, explains all of it. It also explains the glowing orange orbs yep. that people saw either floating or falling. Yep. That could have easily just been those... Uh, parachute mines exploding yep. or the military aircraft but I think more likely like seeing explosions in the sky mm-hmm. would look like orange oh, yeah. orbs orange especially orbs, if you yeah. saw them from if you saw them 30 miles away right easily exactly right like crazy it also explains the like sort of secrecy all about, about all this yeah. why the government was like trying to cover this shit up and yep. it was just like it's a unknown compelling force and they're like yeah. damn it I promise it wasn't like shit it us. wasn't us Definitely it was an avalanche. Us. It was definitely an avalanche. Well, yeah, it said that some people speculated that the bodies were unnaturally manipulated because they had characteristics. So liver mortis is like when you're dead on the ground, like the blood pools where you're laying mm-hmm. type of thing on your body. Yeah. They said that there was like some markings like that discovered during the autopsy that seemed like the bodies had been moved right. from where they maybe previously were. Um, yeah, which could explain them trying to be like, oh, yeah, no, that like, no. Couldn't have been. No, and I guess photographs of the tent apparently show that it was erected incorrectly, which experienced hikers wouldn't do. Right. Even if we're assuming that, like, they didn't mean to stay there for the night, like, our assumption is not that they were, like, freaking out staying there for the night, that just that they were like, oh, shit, the weather's bad, like, can't make it tonight. No, Let's just camp out. here. They weren't, like, losing their shit. I guess maybe maybe the theory could be that, like, they were they were hiking and they're like, fuck it, we're just going to try to make it to, like, this next whatever. And then they, mm. like, notice, like, oh, man, like, we should probably hike or we, we should probably, like, like chill for the night because the weather like, looks like it's getting pretty bad. Yeah. So they could have just, like, hastily done it. And I guess they could have done it incorrectly because they were trying to do it before the storm bore down on them or something. Right. Yeah. So I guess there's maybe that theory. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's, that's my favorite theory, which... It's a little sad because it's not yeah. paranormal. No. But it just seems to make the most sense. But it does sort of like feed into It's almost like a conspiracy theory then. Like that, yeah. you know, these people were killed by the Russian government and they're covering it up hard. Hard. I have a, I have one extra little theory that's, yes. a, that's a super out there one. Oh, shit. So have you ever heard of a gravity fluctuation? Uh, I saw this theory mentioned, but I did not get into it. Okay. So the idea is that when you look at a, a scan of the planet, there's like you you think of earth as like a perfect sphere or maybe like a a, a sort of like smushed sphere Mm. but in reality it's super irregular and there's like parts of it that are way higher than others and parts that are like way shallower than others Mm. so the idea is that there's gravity is not 100 percent consistent around the planet interesting which makes sense the closer you would be to sea level or below sea level you'd have you would feel the effects of gravity stronger than you would if you were, say, up on the top of, like, Mount Everest. Yeah. Because you're farther away from the center of the Earth, you're closer to space, you're you're, have, you're feeling less of the effects of gravity. <laughs> so the idea is that this gravity field fluctuates as well. So you're, that, like, the, the gravity field in this particular part of Russia at that time had a fluctuation and either went really low, like, like there was less gravity all of a sudden... So the people in the ravine lifted up off the ground Whoa. and then all of a sudden snapped back to what was normal. So they plummeted back to the ground really fast. Oh, damn. Or that they were just standing there and then all of a sudden the gravity got really hard and it just boom, pinned them to the ground and caused a concussive force. Damn. I should say that this is a super pseudoscientific theory. There's yeah. almost no like evidence that this is a thing, that right. gravity fluctuations are even real. But it's kind of in the same vein as like not not flat earth because it's not quite so demonstrably false, yeah. but it's similar to where people believe that this is a thing and science is like, no, like none of this is a thing. Yeah. You've, you've just this is fully conjecture. There's <laughs> Which no just sounds cool. There's no hypothesis. It would here. just make a cool movie. Right. 
but no. So that's my like weird like sort of wild card theory. Interesting. Gravity fluctuation. How does that explain the people who like left the tent to begin with? Doesn't. Okay. Doesn't. Unless like the fact that they started to like lift up all of a sudden they got freaked out and decided to like, yeah. leave the tent. I right. guess. I don't know. See like I mean I guess yeah in that context I'd be really weirded out. I've always like wanted to know what it feels like to be in like zero gravity though. Right. But yeah not just randomly. Right. Not, like, all right of now. a sudden you're just like floating. Like, yeah. What the fuck? What the hell? No, I can't, like, I can never get over, like, in movies when they're in a spaceship or whatever and they're, like, floating around. I'm like, that looks so fucking cool. Right. We just watched, we just watched Moon. Was it Moon? Oh, with, um, I know that he's, like, a miner on Mars. Oh, no, it wasn't that one. No. Damn. It's the one with uh, Sandra Bullock in it. Gravity? Gravity. (laughs) (laughs) Space movies. I feel like there were a bunch of space movies. Yeah. But it... Had like a, several scenes of her like traveling through the ship yeah. and just floating, yeah. you know, just like propelling herself through these hallways and stuff. And I was like, man, that looks awesome. But then, you know, like the flip side is like being outside of the ship yeah. and losing like your little tether yep. and then you're floating through space and that's yeah, not. That's cool. horrifying. So I'm like, do I want to take the benefit of like floating through the ship with the risk that I something might happen and I'll be floating in space forever? Yeah. No. No, oh, fuck that. Space is terrifying. Yes, I hate space. Oh, my God. I do not want to go anywhere off this planet. No. I'll watch videos of people who do it, but yeah. I do not. I want to die, like, on the surface of Earth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the idea of just floating through space and just losing oxygen. Yeah. And just suffocating inside of a spacesuit. Not fun at all. No. And just, I don't know, there's a scene in that movie where somebody becomes untethered and they're just yeah they're just fucking floating and like spinning mm-hmm. and freaking out yeah. and like i was just having a panic attack yeah. watching it like it's terrible it was just the scariest thing to me worst case scenario yeah because there's just i don't know just the idea that you're just nothing to grab onto there's like nothing at all that you can do in that moment yep. you're just yep. floating and spinning out of control this is how i die yeah just like nope so yeah. but yeah i really i would like the, you know, you can do those things where you can, like, feel what it would be like to be in zero gravity. Mm-hmm. I would do that. Oh, yeah. On Earth. Yeah, like one of those, like, uh, planes, the vomit comet. Yeah. Yeah, although mm-hmm. I, I I worry that I would vomit. <laughs> I don't really know. Like, I've never, never, never done anything like that. Like, some people take it really well and they're just chill. Right. And some people just puke the whole time. There's that author, Mary Roach, who writes those cool books about dead bodies and stuff. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. But her book, um, Packing for Mars, she goes on one of those, and I can't remember if she said that she had a terrible time with it or somebody else did, but yeah, there was like somebody who was on that plane with her, I think, that was just having like the worst motion sickness. I can imagine. And there's just nothing you can do. Like, it's just, like if you go on a cruise ship and you have motion sickness, like, you're you're fucked. So, yeah. That's, that's Dialogue Pass. (laughs) So that's Dialogue Pass. That talk of space sums up our, uh... Very Earth-centric mystery here. Yeah. But yeah, so it's an, it's an interesting mystery because, like, even our, our sort of favorite theory explains, like, most of it. But that's yeah. not necessarily true. Like, who knows? No. It could have been, like, so many other things. Maybe there's, like, yetis that can do telekinesis that can, you know, collapse your organs yeah. without leaving physical trauma on the outside. I mean, isn't one of our theories about Bigfoot and creatures like that that they have this weird kind of alien or like alternate dimension or some type yeah. of aspect of them so they can travel in and through through dimensions yeah and so if you when we'll get into it eventually but when you start talking about other dimensions like maybe this wasn't something in, interdimensionally related yeah yeah there's a zillion <coughs> theories <Ooh>. wow <laughs> i don't think i've ever sneezed on i don't think yeah, i was just gonna say that that might be the first podcast sneeze wow wow congratulations thank you appreciate it yeah so that's diet love pass yep Perfectly timed, totally on accident. Yeah. So stay stay tuned and listen to that whole uh, the report that they make. That's going to yeah. talk about how they died in an avalanche, and now you know why they didn't die in an you avalanche. You know why they didn't. You know why they're lying. Yes. Yeah. So listen for that. But yeah, definitely go read about it. Read one of the books, or watch one of the documentaries, or something, or just look up articles on it. Cause it's freaking cool. Go look right. at some photos. Yeah. Definitely look up the photos. Yeah. It's free Check reading. our notes on our website and look at the photos that I put on there because they're yeah. cool. So yeah. All right. That's it. Diet Love Pass. Episode. Uh, shit. 15? I was going to say 15. I think it's 15. Let's go with 15. Yeah, 15 sounds good. Yeah. All right. Episode 15 of Unknowable. 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 Love you.